Live Petaluma. I'm Cindy Thomas, here with my co-host, Jason Davies and Janet Peter Thompson at APCA 103.3 FM. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Friday. Yes. Every Friday. Yep. Every week. Every
Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. So, um, probably have some listeners that are wondering what the Cool City Challenge—that's cool, ah, a mouthful today. Cool City Challenge is. Um, Delinda, do you want to start off by giving us kind of an overview uh, of the of the program? I would love to. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for having us here to talk about the Cool City Challenge. Um, cool City Challenge is a million-dollar grant. Um, by the Empowerment Institute that was being offered to three cities in California this year. So it opened in June, and it was just decided on October 25th who those three cities would be. And the process was uh, you had to be over 40,000 people in population, and you had to have a climate neutrality goal by 2030, and preferably a climate action plan, which we don't quite have yet, but we did have that goal. So. They did accept us, and um, the process was that we um, had to find 25 community partners who then in turn found, uh, recruited eight cool block leaders, and these cool block leaders will, over a period of four and a half months, have a series of nine meetings where they take action in regard to disaster preparedness and energy and water and other topics. And so we successfully submitted two, uh, well, we only needed 200 cool block leaders for the application, and we actually have 300 cool block volunteers at this point. Yay. Uh, overachievers here in Petaluma. And um, we needed 25 community partners, and we actually have 27. Um, to learn more, go to coolpetaluma.org, where we're about to list those community partners. Brand new website that we have going to inform our community. Um, and so, again, it was awarded to us. We were the lead, one of the lead cities, and um, we are joined by the city of Irvine and the city of Los Angeles. And, um, and I'll let Natasha talk more about the recent training that we did with those two cities and the wonderful collaboration that's going on. And um, so hopefully that's an overview. So you have 300 people in Petaluma that have signed up? to be yes. part of this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And people are raring to go. I am getting emails constantly. When can we start? When can we start? What can I do? And so it's been so heartening and exciting. And and the community really has just turned out. Um, and so, so much love and collaboration and cooperation going on. Um, it really, I kind of, there was a point months and months ago where I felt like I was alone in my concern for the planet and my the urgency to that I feel to do something. And now after talking to hundreds of people, because I've led a lot of the information sessions we do when we're recruiting people, um, in these information sessions, just the outpouring of enthusiasm and uh, and and gratitude for for finally something to actually do about the problems um, from a ground up, you know, grassroots angle rather than waiting for government to figure it all out. And we did have a kickoff. We invited all 300 of our community partners and um, in cool block leaders to a toast. So we had a 15 minute toast um, when we found out that we actually got the grant on, on the 25th. And we had 87, 88 people attend that, which was wonderful screens times often two people in per screen, so, you know, families involved. So, yes, very, very enthusiastic response. And, and to get to a cool city, we actually need 400 cool blocks. So 
We'll be continuing to recruit, and um, we'll have another information session coming up on the 16th of November. So the, the idea is the way this is organized, there's uh, like block captains that organize neighbors, and then they commit to certain actions to reduce uh, emissions. Is that kind of it? Yeah, so you get you, so now that we have these 300 block leaders, we will they'll be divided up into what we're calling cohorts, so that it'll be staggered throughout the year. We're not going to try to run all 300 simultaneously, just from a, a, a you know it help, helps people fit it into their own schedules, and also helps us to be able to um, to uh, nurture them along the path and give them support the whole time. And so they will be going through this program that focuses, they start with disaster preparedness, which is universally um, understood as like a, a, a good thing to do and often on people's checklists that they haven't gotten around to. So we certainly understand in this community what it means to, to need to be prepared. So it starts with disaster preparedness. We do um, carbon reduction. So um, thinking about like how we reduce our carbon footprints Water stewardship, also, as uh, Janice was talking about, um, uh, we, you know, we, we are all very aware of the drought and have started new practices around that, so doing that in a more formal way with your group. And, and then we do um, neighborhood livability, which kind of takes it out a little scale, things like street trees and community compost and shared tool sheds, that type of thing. And then they, they end with empowering others, which is how do we bring this to new blocks, new communities? How do we um, partner up with people across the city to empower everyone to get on board this fantastic journey? And you're envisioning physical meetings, or are these remote, or how, how are you handling that? Uh, right now, everything's been on Zoom. So certainly things will have to change as needed and we're in winter and we're still in COVID and all that type thing. So um, in the test pilots that they did um, just on a block level uh, a couple of years ago, this was before we were in our current situation, they did them all in person um, because a lot of it is about that really getting to know your neighbors, which we have, and then especially in the last few years, we've you know all been so isolated we don't necessarily know the people that live on our street, and so how do we develop those relationships? Oftentimes, they would start with a you know a potluck, and you know like creating creating a sense of community again. And so obviously, we'll have to adapt and figure out how to best do that given the current situation. But the idea is to really bring people together and create that sense of community on the blocks that helps us. It just gives us. Um, not only a sense of security in times of need, but also just a higher quality of life. So I was reading that there's a plan to have people go door to door, knocking door to door. Uh, obviously, um, you just mentioned this, we're still in a pandemic. Uh, would uh, people that are doing that uh, be required to be vaccinated? That's a great question. Um, there has been no um, set policy on that. The the uh, intent of this whole program is to be very inclusive. Like somebody asked me, can I join if I, if I drive a gas-powered car? You know, so people are cognizant of, like, different, um, all of our differences and, and, and 
our goal is to be as inclusive and welcoming as possible. And obviously, there are so many issues to navigate these days. Uh, so we'll have to do that as a community. But the reason that they had it be a door-to-door knocking on, you know, that personal relationship is we're really trying to create those personal relationships that don't happen when you just send out a full email, right? Yeah. Like, um, and that creating that trust. So you can say, hey, I'm your neighbor that lives in the blue house, you know, two, two doors down over there. We, I've seen you coming and going, but I've never introduced myself. Um, and kind of like going back to the old-fashioned time when, when, when we, you know, the kids played in the street and the neighbors knew each other and we could, you know, count on each other. So it's sad when we're saying that's the old-fashioned kind because that's really what we need right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of a new member, and it's a new group. It's called the East Petaluma Alliance, and it's specifically, you know, formed because of the district elections. But I see a real tie-in with this group and with the Cool City Challenge and being leaders because we all live in different areas. And, and then the other thing is I'm a member of the General Plan Committee, and so I just sent a letter to all the members and to city staff that at the next meeting to have an update on the flooding, but also have somebody speak from the Cool City Challenge. And I would, I'm hoping that will happen, and I'd like you to be our speaker. <laughs> nice. Hey, so, Jason, I just want to respond to the, the idea of um, the Cool Block leader. Their responsibility is to get trained by our core team members and then um, go ahead and go to every door on the block. You can't miss that house that, you know, perhaps you don't want to go to. You have to, right. you have to invite everybody, right? Yep. So, um, and if they're not home, perhaps just leave them a note and, you know, right. there's a short script. And, and so you go to every door and, and that leader is responsible for the initial meeting. And whether that initial meeting happens on Zoom or in a park or in the middle of the street or in somebody's long driveway or perhaps somebody has a large backyard, that people feel comfortable in. Um, so that's the leader's responsibility is that first meeting. And um, and what they found is that the, the teams end up being five or eight people. And you don't really want more than eight to be gathered at one time right. because then you're, you're not responsible for each other and it gets to be too large. So these are smaller cohorts of people, right? <clears throat> so, so easy to gather five to eight people safely, I think. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so just wanted to clarify that, that that's part of the process. And then and then the, the team members, whoever decides to then become a part of the group, um, the, the team lead will then host the first the next meeting, and then they'll share that responsibility, right? So those five or eight people will all individually take responsibility for one of the upcoming meetings. And, you know, there's a website, and there will be an app, and so... Before every meeting, you can read all about, you know, what the issue is, and then there's a series of actions you can take um, for, for each of the meetings. And so the idea is that, you know, depending on where you are, and you do get credit if you have taken action in the past, right? So, so we as a city will know exactly what actions are being taken and how much water we're saving and how much carbon, you know, is, is not being emitted any longer. And so... So as the as the teams progress, 
um, they and again they'll be responsible to each other for those actions that they're taking, right? And so there's a series of actions depending on where you are, right? So so if you're like Janice and you already capture your water inside and take it outside, you know, but perhaps people don't and they don't know that that's something they could be doing, right? So they do do that. And do you you know still brush your teeth and leave the water running, or have we learned not to do that? So just depending on where you are, um, sort of on the spectrum, you get to learn and and be able to take actions that are appropriate for your household. And it sounds like it's measuring the results and giving feedback so you kind of know if you're on target or not. Um, and, it, and I guess that will be citywide, so we'll be able to see all the information as to um, how we're achieving our goal. Yes, and they found in the test, um, the test pilots that they've done that there's about a 29% reduction overall for each block. Okay. So imagine if we start scaling this and, and you know, we yeah. end up with you know, half the city blocks that are doing yeah, yeah, yeah. We become much more resilient and, and uh, much more sustainable. Now, there's big things we can do uh, independently on our own, but on a city level, uh, I mean, just, just the other day, I was bothered by this uh, leaf blower in my neighborhood, and I'm just wondering if the city is looking at, um, you know, banning things like that, uh, because, I, you know, I, I can do what I can on my own, but um, trying to get my neighbors to stop using gas-powered leaf blowers uh, is pretty tricky. Um, I, I, I could try to do that, I guess, neighbor to neighbor, um, but uh, I'm just wondering if the city has any plans to, to look at things like that. But see, you know, given other cities have banned them, I, I'm kind of surprised we haven't done it yet. It, it has been one of our goals now for uh, several years, as, as you know, and, and yeah. we're going through our goals as quickly as we you know, can possibly find takes time. To do that. Yeah. But yeah, it is, you know, and it's an equity issue. You know, mm -hmm. most people who are, are, are landscaping, you know, come from organizations that will need support in moving to electric um, yeah. equipment. So there's, you know, there's an, on an individual level, and, and then there's, you know, businesses and how we support them and educate people about it. But I think, I think it'll all start coming together as you sort of empower people. And, and the wonderful thing about this program is it is sort of this bottom-up idea, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, but we also still need that top-down approach. And so, you know, the Cool City Challenge is not just about cool blocks, but it, it is, you know, we have we have design teams for policy and for finance and for technology and community outreach. And those teams um, submitted with the application their sort of moonshot ideas about how we're going to achieve carbon neutrality by 2030. Because that's the other part of that. That's really what this is all about. And it's a heavy lift, and you know we've got to decarbonize all of our buildings. Yeah. We have to decarbonize our transportation. Mm -hmm. We have to, you know, vastly improve our ability to get around in other modes of transportation. Natasha will tell you about her golf cart idea. Mm -hmm. and that's how we should be getting around our small town um, for local trips, right? And so there's all these ideas. Um, that people would be working on um, mm -hmm. to actually reach those goals. And so leaf blowers, you know, one small piece of it, and yes, that is a policy decision that I think needs to be made, but it needs to be made really thoughtfully mm -hmm. um, and, and equitably, which is, which is, you know, so it's going to take some time. Yeah, I guess what will help with that is that uh, I guess Newsom is already planning to have them banned in terms of the sales. Um, I think that's a few years out, though. It is, you know, but you always want to go faster than the state, right? <laughs> <laughs> faster than everybody in government. <laughs> it seems to be slow. 
Someone, Gianna's has some static on her line, it seems like. Not yeah. Sure that's coming from. That um, sounds like it's coming from her mic. Yeah. But. Um, that better? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's almost like a USB audio breakup or something like that. But yeah. um, anyway, sorry about that. Yeah. Well, you, you guys sound great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, this is an exciting uh, thing. Um, the fact that only three cities were selected is pretty neat. And this on it's top huge. of that uh, Petaluma was the first, as far as I'm aware, to ban new gas stations. Uh, so we're, we're uh, turning into a, a leader on climate action. That's really cool. Yeah, I have to say that we've been and we've had a three-day intensive training with the two other cities, LA and Irvine, and and little old Petaluma. They're calling it the Petaluma effect, and oh. really, we really are becoming this like sort of go-to city for everyone. Was very impressed with how we came up with 300 block leaders and. That was supposed to be the hard part, and honestly, once we got rolling, I mean, John, for example, I think signed up 60 people or something. <laughs> uh, but we have such a strong community, and 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 you know, all of these relationships we've been building in our town are now paying off um, in a big way, and so and the it, the opportunities we have. Collaborating, it's just been such a collaborative and cooperative environment with these other cities. Now we have this brain trust of these brilliant minds in, in Irvine and LA all working with us um, to figure out best practices and how to move forward and, and really supporting each other in this amazing journey. Are you looking at um, a green chamber of commerce? Sean, you looked into that at one point, right? I, I looked into it a couple of years ago. Um, I would I would love to do something like that. Um, right now, it's not front center. Uh, front center really is getting this uh, the, the cool city challenge uh, up and running. But um, hopefully, uh, maybe maybe even the chamber might uh, have an offshoot. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it seems like it's a real tie-in, though. Yes. Because you can't have a 1960s chamber of commerce and all of a sudden we're the cool city challenge, and there seems to be a Clyde there, and so it would be great. And I've been talking to people actually recently about the need for a Green Chamber of Commerce, and it seems like now is really the time that we could actually start moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, so, it, it, it could be. Uh, it, thank you for the reminder. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll keep yanking your chain on that one, John. <laughs> there used to be a lot more resistance to addressing climate change. And I, I remember back uh, when, when I ran for council, uh, we, we had council uh, candidates that actually were climate change deniers. We had, we had a couple that were running that, that weren't sure that, uh, that it was real. And so it's good that we have more people on board with, with the science and they understand and get it. Um, I still encounter people that just don't believe it. Uh, I've got a, a neighbor, actually. Stop hanging out with them. <laughs> yeah, this, is what, this is kind of what I wanted to get to. It's like sure. so we're trying to get together as neighbors. Yeah. But if we, if there's like just this baseline disconnect with reality, with with scientific reality, how, what how do you proceed? I mean, how, what what's your advice on on getting together with some of these people that are actually climate change deniers? You know, I mean, 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 I m
Talking to somebody who's been driving an EV for the past six years, and I, I implore people to try them because um, I mean, Delinda's right. If you can bike, that's that's uh, much better, of course. Um, but check out the electric vehicles. They're just I mean, once you try one, it's so difficult to go back to a gas car. They just perform better, you feel better, and you actually I actually consume less energy because it's interesting because it's charged. 
you, your driving tends to change. You, you just you have this sort of built-in sense of conserving. Um, so anyway, uh, but it, it is good that things are, are getting better. I just hope that we can do it fast enough. Yeah, I've got you. electric Fiat. So fun to drive. It's, I always sell people on how fun it is to drive. And oh, yeah. have this little electric scooter, which is just adorable. But um, but I would say that Linda's right. We really need to, I mean, even if we all switch to electric cars, that wouldn't solve a lot no. of the problems. So if we can get to more active transportation and more biking and walking and my latest thing is not, you know, you're going to pick up your kids and you got to get groceries and a bike is maybe not the most easiest, you know, right. mode of transportation. But there are cities that have, you know, lots of retirement communities anyways, mm-hmm. that have um, switched to electric golf carts, which yeah. who doesn't love driving a golf cart? They're so fun. So, you know, like thinking about how do we, how do we re-envision what our trans- what transportation well, part of the race on the ranch, and we had an electric golf cart. We were way ahead of the time. Yeah, it was it was a really a lot of fun. But I kind of want to know about the youth and their involvement in this, and the involvement with the schools, and how's that reach? Yeah. Well, so that's a great question, and something we're working on um, digging into more. But. Um, the schools have been a fantastic community partner for finding cool block leaders because parents are, you know, the number one concerned citizen or, or should be if, if they're, they're, you know. And so I, we, whenever we have had our information sessions uh, with the school communities, it has just been very well attended and very well received. And those are the people who are most thankful to have something to do to act on their children's behalf. We've also had requests for creating more of a cool school program so that the schools themselves can participate more than just on a residential level. And so we're actually working on that. David Gershon, who is running, you know, has created the founder and creator of this program, actually has done school programs in the past. So we're looking, in fact, we have, uh, Delinda and I have a meeting next week um, with school board members to um, talk about, like, what we can do uh, how we can best work with the schools in Petaluma. Um, we also have um, uh, a young woman who is at Sonoma State who's joined our team who is interested in helping us reach uh, the, the youth uh, segment of our population. You know, it's one thing for us. <laughs> You know, we're, we're aging out of our ability to um, speak directly and connect with the teenagers. So um, it's nice to have somebody who is closer to that age that can work with the high schools and the JC and Sonoma State and get more young people involved in this program. So we will be reaching out to the JC. It seems like that's a perfect segue, especially in that age group, because they're now young adults. Mm-hmm. Shadon, I think you've even talked to somebody over there, right? Yes, I have. I've chatted with uh, a couple of people over at JC, and um, they're on board. Uh, they've got to um, finalize it with their, their board and things like that, but uh, I really expect they're going to be a great participant. Um, as you say, Janice, it is, it's a perfect, perfect kind of combination of getting that, that young 
younger kind of uh, energy into this, and, and everybody really is embracing this as something that this is this is this is the way forward. Um, there is, uh, as, as Natasha uh, was saying, that there is this wonderful energy in town of great. This is a great program that is going to work, and it, it really has to work. It's not. It's not kind of. It, it is going to work, and it has to work both in the same kind of sentence. Um, it's something that really kind of resonated with me, as 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 you know. I mean, my kind of focus is, is social capital, um, and and it was interesting, uh, Natasha, when you were describing how we measure things and how much carbon. I was thinking to myself, well, how do we how do we index social capital, and, and really kind of put a put a number to that. I mean, you all know when you when you're entering a city, or this high social capital versus low social capital, or even neighborhoods, uh, you can see that. And this program is is something that really is exciting because at the core of it is increasing your relationship with your neighbors, uh, building relationships with your neighbors. Um, you know, and just just on a note, uh, one of the things that um, was kind of sad during the, the fires in, in Santa Rosa um, that people didn't know their neighbors. They didn't know how many people lived in the house. They didn't know whether there was a dog there. They didn't know anything about it. And and people and, and pets probably, you know, unfortunately, bad things happened to them. Um, so e- even just knowing minimally kind of who's in your neighborhood, uh, is is going to raise the level of social capital in your neighborhood, and and then you know this the program is designed to to build a trust um, between your neighbors, and it's not about and that's really one of the things I like about it is it's it's and you you mentioned uh, Jason earlier about you know what happens if there's a climate change denier doesn't matter be part of this organization I mean who doesn't want a, a, an emergency um, preparedness plan among your neighbors. Um, wouldn't it be you know, nice to, to reduce your carbon? Even maybe, I mean, I, 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 maybe there's, there's climate deniers who don't see any, any relationship between carbon. And, and, uh, but it's not so much, we're not forcing people to reduce their carbon. What we want to do is create a better world. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of remember one of these, these kind of comic cartoons. Uh, and it was two, it was, it was uh, yeah, what happens if, we, if, if climate... Uh, climate change is all a hoax, and damn it, we've created a better world for nothing. It's kind of like, no, we're going to create a better world anyway, and see who, see who comes along. And and it's um, so yeah, uh, it's super super excited about it. It's, it's uh, uh, can you can you tell I'm excited? <laughs> yeah, slightly. Well, I would imagine too that um, you know growing the awareness for for being uh, carbon neutral is going to lead more people into modifying the way they produce and use energy. And solar is a big aspect to that. So I think your, your experience in solar technologies is also good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and this this program, it's a combination of, of uh, looking at all our energy, our solar, where is the electricity produced, how is it used, um, the devices. So part of this program is helping people understand, well, where, is, where does carbon come from? Um, how easy is it to, to get solar? How easy is it to get an uh, electric car? Wouldn't you prefer to talk to somebody who owns an electric car rather than, you know, go down to the dealer or, or, or um, uh, you know, find out about it that way? Uh, talk to people in your neighborhood who have made the change, uh, either to solar or electric car or uh, a heat pump uh, for, for heating your water instead of gas. Um, as you know, we, we, uh, we're moving out of gas. I mean, you can't build a house in, I think, Sonoma County, that has gas, and all new construction has to have solar as well. 
So that's great for all the new construction, but what about existing yeah. construction? We've had houses that are, you know, beautiful houses. That's what they're doing. Is beautiful hundred-year-old ho- homes here that um, need retrofitting. And that's a good point because to retrofit does cost money, and um, obviously people want to do the right thing. I think, and sometimes it's hard to do because they can't afford to do the right thing. Um, or is any of the money that's coming to this program? going to be used for people in low-income uh, situations so that they can help transition, or is that separate from, from the program? Mm, well, we, I mean, that is very much on our mind, and yeah. top priority is all, um, how to, you know, as I said, in the, the part of the programming is empowering others and bringing everybody together and, and everybody along, and so we are definitely working and working with these other cities, too, on on these big questions because this is no small lift, obviously. And we don't we want to clearly address all of the equity issues that are involved in that as well. And so there is money in this program for community projects. Um, what they're trying to figure what we're all trying to figure out and what the program really wants us to do is figure out Things that have multiplier effects, that are scalable, that replicable, that cr- start to create this momentum that then builds on itself rather than just being sort of a one-time shot, you know, uh, uh, infusion of cash that then is gone, right? So we're looking at um, new ways, new, new fine financing strategies uh, that create maybe more of a circular economy so that you get multiple benefits um, over and over again. How do we create ways where, you know, where, where the same dollars keep circulating around and, and, and adding to the community over and over again? And so the, obviously those things have not all been figured out, but there are lots of brains now working on trying to figure that out. And how do we, so, I mean, partly being this pilot city is how do we create a replicable model that could be taken to other places and done again so that it's not just a one-time, one-time deal? Well, one of the things that to, to point out is this, this has never been done before. There have been pilot projects on the cool blocks, but this is the very first time that this uh, structure has been applied to anything. So. Um, we are, you know, some people, we're building the plane as, as we're taking off, and, and that's kind of what we have to do. We're moving forward. We're, we're, we're going to get things wrong. Sure. Yeah, sure. But, you know, we're, we're going to, that's part of the pilot project. We're envisioning the future. We're envisioning how this is going to be, as, uh, as Natasha said, replicable to other cities. So, what well, this next year, it's going to be offered to a bunch more cities. And the year after that, it's going to go international. Uh, what we're really doing is, is creating the, the template and, and uh, creating this form, framework around it. John, you know, we put solar on our house, and so, you know, we love our bills, you know, every month compared to what they were. But we are looking into the heat pump, and we're just finding the cost is so high because we're looking at Sonoma Clean Power. And so to really, you know, you go to one step, the um, solar, but then you start going to these other steps. And they're very expensive, and it just seems as though that's where we need to start putting um, money toward reducing those costs so it can be affordable. Yes, uh, sure. Uh, Natasha, you got to uh, tell me your... your the, the heat pump water heater and the, and, and the new uh, mini splits for... Uh, and we looked at mini splits for heaters because I really don't want to just put back in what we have or have... Yeah, um, a hybrid system. So I'm really holding off, but they're—I mean, we're talking forty thousand dollars. Very expensive. 
I have to say, Janice, one of the best. So I did a big retrofit this summer because partly I want to walk the talk, right? And exactly. look for all those roadblocks that other people are going, you know, personally experience it so that I know, you know, what are the roadblocks? What are the, the questions that come up? Um, how do we make this easier for people? And I agree, it is very expensive. Um, one of the best things I did as a first step is I re-insulated my attic and added underfloor insulation because there wasn't any. The attic insulation made such a difference in the comfort level of our house this summer, and I'm sure it will be this winter as well, so highly recommend that. Um, and uh, one of the things we're looking at is, yes, how do we make that more affordable? Can we make it easier if we do it on a block level? A lot of not everywhere, but some places in, in Petaluma, you know, the blocks, the houses were built around the same time, so they they can be similar in construction type. And so, how do we, um, you know, are there ways to kind of do it together where we can get a little bit of a bulk discount and make things simpler? Because my house is very similar to your house, and so you know. Make, we can make a plan at the same time and have somebody come in and do, you know, eight houses in a row, and will that make it more affordable and efficient? So, yes, very much so there are. And then how do we create financing plans or ways to help uh, and, and make it sort of a one-stop shop, too, because what we don't want is we don't want somebody to – somebody's water heater to blow, to, to burn out tomorrow, and for them to go replace it with another um, gas water heater, because mm -hmm. the lifespan of that is beyond the time frame of what we need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So what we want is, particularly in those burnout, you know, replacement issues, to make sure that we're making the transition and we're helping to make that equitable and affordable. Dennis, there's also that, uh, just to Put a shout out for that uh, advanced energy center in Santa Rosa. That is uh, definitely worth a visit. Spend a morning there talking to the people there. Uh, everybody has this idea of electric stoves as being, you know, we have in our minds electric stoves, those kind of those awful kind of things yeah. back to the, the 50s, 60s, 70s. No, that, that's not what it's all about now. These, these things are uh, induction heaters. They're, yeah. It's like magic. It really is. It's oh, safe. and they're safer, too, because you uh, can absolutely put safer. your hand on it, right? They won't yes, clean. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I've been to Sonoma Clean Energy on Fifth Street um, yeah. two or three times. Yeah. I've spoken to them, and what I'm finding is, when I was speaking to someone recently, that they're finding that that is what people are saying, the cost is so high. And so that's where a real problem is. But I think it's really important to go up there and see what's offered. But there, you just need federal and state assistance in this so we can really get it moving. We need a Green New Deal. I mean, it's like so obvious. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm really glad that we're going in this direction. I thank you for, you know, all the work that you're doing because this is, you know, getting the grant was just the beginning, you know, and now the rest, but it's, um, it's going to be fun to be watching. And how are you going to update the public on what's going on? I, I'm assuming through the 300 people, and then it's just going to continue getting larger groups. And so it sounds like it's, sounds like it's very good, and thank you so much. Yeah, and we on our website, coolpetaluma.org, you can sign up for our mailing list. We will have a, a, a small newsletter to help get information out to people. 
and I'm sure you will see updates about what's going on in the city newsletter as well. Um, and we do have an, a brand new Instagram page, Cool Petaluma, um, if people prefer that type of uh, communication, reaches a, new, a, a different, yeah, probably younger crowd. And um, so, yes, you will be hearing from us. But lots of this has just been good old-fashioned, you know, word of mouth, grassroots. I, I do feel like it's a testament to the power of that that type of uh, relationship building that we were able to find 300 volunteers and we did not have a website. And uh, John did create us a page on his website, um, and we did not have any social media, and we did have no, we had at that time no you know direct mailing list, but we were still able to do that. So great. Yeah, we do. You know what the good ratio is between east and west side um, on your list? No, we don't know yet. We have. We've had, a, uh, because it's a pilot, there was a little trouble with the data in the in the early days, so we need to sort of re-get all the addresses. We are definitely going to be looking for holes in the map to see where we need to um, recruit more people. We also are very cognizant of the need for, um, we've done information session in Spanish, and we have three people on our team who are uh, native Spanish speakers who are helping us to um, make sure that our goal is to have a warm welcome map for all of the people who live in Petaluma and how do we create that so that everyone feels invited to the table. Well, I was going door to door for the recall election for Gavin Newsom. And I started going in this one neighborhood, and people had already received information from the Cool City Challenge. And so, you know, so I came in second, and so they received information twice that was great. But it, um, I just think really working together so we're tighter on not duplicating, but also it's great when you have different groups saying the same thing. Yeah. So I think it's a benefit to go by two or three times. Exactly. I think it helps them. It's for people to hear it from multiple different angles and different groups. Right, right. I was just a little surprised only because I didn't realize, and if I had known, I probably would have um, just said something different. Or if I had known a little bit more, I could have included that in my discussion when, I, when people came to the door. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and when you go to door to door, we wear masks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody feels safe. Yeah, I didn't know that you were doing that for us. Thank you. Well, actually, I did it for the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. and I found this, the Cool City Challenge had already hit a lot of the doors that I was assigned to hit. Mm -hmm. Good. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of organizations, uh, Natasha, you probably uh, are more up to speed on, on the organizations that have um, joined us. Uh, yeah, yeah, including the city, including uh, Daily Act, including a lot of the, the, the larger organizations and smaller organizations in, in, in Petaluma that just realize that this is uh, it's a well-thought-out, well-designed uh, program that is going to work and, and, and bring us all together to the next level. Looking at the website right now with the city, so I, I've signed up. Do you have any events uh, planned that are coming up uh, where there might be some public meeting and discussion about this that we should tell listeners about? Uh, 
Thank you for asking. We this morning set a time because we are getting requests. We kind of had stopped the information sessions when we had reached our numbers and, and submitted the grant. But we now, you know, more and more people are hearing about it, and we certainly do not want to leave anyone out who wants to participate. So we will have a, another information session. Um, I believe the time is going to be 7 p.m. on Tuesday, uh, what is it, November 16th? Um, Tuesday, November 16th at 7 p.m. Uh, and it's not on the website yet, but you will be able to register for that. You need to register to get the Zoom link, but you will be able to register for that at coolpetaluma.org. And if you sign up for the mailing list at coolpetaluma.org, we will send you the information on that as well. So is your website different than the city's website, or are you working with the city in their new website? So how, no. So we, the city is supporting this project, but this is a truly grassroots um, organization. It, we are not a body of the, you know, of the city of Petaluma. Maybe they make reference to it on their website, but I don't actually know. So coolpetaluma.org is our own website that we have put up in the last, I think we put it up the, the day, day after the announcement or something like that. Um, yeah, it's all pretty fresh. We only found out. Very fresh. Ago. Right, right. Yeah. All pretty fresh. Who's overseeing the, the funds from the grant? Um, so, great question. Yeah. Uh, David Gershon, who is the the head of the, the nonprofit that is issuing the grant, will be... Um, uh, in, he will have say, some say over... You know, he will be making sure that we spend the money in appropriate ways, in the most effective ways, is sort of a coach to all of the cities. Uh, right now it's designated that half of the funds go to staff over three years and half of the funds go to a project. There's also an exciting opportunity for a second grant um, that we're going to be looking into, so we want to be, be sure we're ahead of the curve on that one as well. Um, and then I will be the campaign director um, which I'm super excited. I have to say this is like my dream job. I've wanted to do something mm -hmm. so similar to this for about a decade, so very excited about that. And um, so I will be working with David Gershon to figure out how we can most effectively spend the money um, to get these, you know, a lot of these amplifying effects so that we really get a lot of bang for the buck. Were there any guidelines uh, given to you for how to spend the money? Yeah, well, like I was saying, so half, so yes, and it's out, we don't get it all as one big chunk. Right, so okay. there are milestones along the way. So we get $200,000 the first year to spend on staff. Um, and if, if we have to have gotten, I think uh, by the end of next year, we have to have um, uh, run 200 blocks through the program. Uh, was the original milestone, and then the second year we were supposed to run another 200 blocks so that we end up with 400 by the end of the second year. We actually, being the overachievers we are, we really want to do the 400. The I would like to see the 400 in the first year. I think we could totally do cool. 500. Do 500. I think so too. Totally possible. So yeah, so they, there are certain milestones that you have to meet to get the to get the full funding, but I, we are already ahead of the curve, and I think we can, we can blow that out of the water. And since 
will there be other meetings with the other two cities? I mean, is that part of the the deal? Is that you you stay all stay in touch and share uh, best practices? Yeah, and I have to say, oh my gosh, Cindy, it's just been so energizing and exciting. I just love. I feel like I have all these new best friends, right, John? Oh yes, it, I mean, similar similar challenges, similar visions. Uh, we can help each other. Um, we, we're, we're meeting regularly, um, and it's it's it, the collaboration is just fantastic. It really is, as you say, a whole bunch of new best friends who uh, we're all going to help each other get where we need to be. Yeah, this is not a competition because the only way we win is if we all win. Mm-hmm. Oh, Petaluma can do an awesome job, and if the whole world doesn't follow, it doesn't it doesn't keep the river from coming up. But yeah, so that we are going to be we, we are going to have regular meetings with the other cities uh, for collaboration, little brain trust, and we are going to have um, uh, online. You know, we already have each other's email addresses and stuff, but we're going to create maybe uh, other ways for that we that we can share information and best practices. Great. Well, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything a message out that you really need to get out there before we go? Come on. Yeah, part of it, yeah, it, it, it's taken off. It really is. It's it's go to I mean uh, coolpetaluma.org. Uh, get on the mailing list. Become a block captain. Sign up for that uh, Tuesday, 7 p.m. November 16th uh, information session. You can go to uh, coolpetaluma.org and sign up there and spread the word. This is this is really something that is going to be a game changer for. Uh, I think. California and the United States. This is something that um, has sparked everybody's interest as being something new and different and exactly what we need. It, it combines the social capital with the um, uh, carbon uh, reduction and um, emergency preparedness. So it really is. It's, it's a brilliant program. Very well thought out and, and piloted. And it's going to work. And it's, it's so right for Petaluma. Yeah. And you've got, you've got me and John, so you know it's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. yeah, and then John, John, you have a community newsletter that you often put a lot of this information in. Is there a way for folks to sign up for your newsletter? Yeah, just go to aquas.com, sign up for the newsletter there. Um, you know, there's, there's bits of uh, CCC in there. There's bits of uh, what's happening in Petaluma, a well-established known newsletter that's been around for quite a while, and it uh, has great support. and. Mm-hmm. Um, Great readership, too. So, yeah. I, It was interesting when I said that word CCC, it was just reminding me of the California Conservation Corps. Yeah. <laughs> it's been around, so, so, and I'm so delighted that we have the same acronym because yeah. the CCC back then was transformative. Um, I think it was around the 30s it was set up, a part of the, part of the, the New Deal. Yeah. And it, uh, this, is, this is very similar, and it's, it's maybe it's uh, just fortuitous that it has the same, same acronym. So I'm excited. Yeah. That's very exciting. So, you know, the people that have moved to this town, I just thank all of you for moving here to new people. It's made a tremendous difference in lifting our community up to looking at um, at our future. Well, I'm pretty glad that I landed here and Natasha landed here and Jason and and Cindy, you're, you're, are you, are you new to Petaluma? Oh, no, 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 I've been here for... I've been here since 91, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been here a while. Been here a while. A transplant from Marin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we are out of time. Uh, I want to thank uh, Natasha, Juliana, Delinda Fisher, and John Crowley for being on the show today and getting us all uh, up to date with uh, the Cool City Challenge. And it was great talking with you. I hope you come back and update us. We'd love to. Yeah. Keep in touch. Oh, yeah, we will be. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to Inside Petaluma on KPCA 103.3 FM and streaming live at kpca.fm. We're here every Friday from 11 to noon. I'm here with my co-host, Jason Davies and Janice Cater-Thompson. We got like a minute left. Anything uh, that you want to share, Janice, Jason? I am going to an event uh, next week for Blake Cooper for Supervisor, and it's going to be at um, Griffo Distillery, and I think I need to get the date. Hang on a second. And I, let's see, does anybody know? November 7th. Okay. November 7th, yeah. And so I hope to see people there. You can be a good person and have questions for them. And so I'll be at that event. Okay. Uh, next Thursday is the Veterans Day Parade, which I will be videotaping for PCA. So um, that starts at noon, I believe, at Walnut Park. Um, uh, there's going to be some speakers, and uh, and then I, I think the parade starts at 12:30. But don't quote me on that. Just get yourselves downtown at noon and go to Walnut Park, and the rest will be easy. Um, other than that, we have a website, InsidePetaluma.com, where you can go to listen to any of our past shows. We have a Facebook page, KPCA Inside Petaluma, where you can friend us there and uh, watch for our upcoming guests. Next week is David Keller. So do come back and see us next Friday. Everybody have a good weekend and be safe and get prepared for that rain on Monday. Thank you. All right. Will do. All right. Take care, everybody.